You're listening to Marginalia, a podcast from New City Presbyterian Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. Marginalia is a space where the pastors and staff and congregation today of New City discuss the scribbles in the margins, so to speak, of our weekly sermons and life together as a community. So I'm Abby Mersh, Director of Communications for New City, and I am so excited. We have a special episode of Marginalia today. Um, I'm joined by um, Aaron Shepard and Jenna Everson. How's it going, guys? Great. Living the life. Quarantine. How's it going, Aaron? It's going well. How are you doing? We're doing good over here. Um, so folks who have been following us on Instagram, Facebook, just our social media presence, so to speak, hopefully know that it is Deacon Week um, here at New City, and we're spotlighting the work of our Deacon team and what they do at our church. Um, and so today, that's why we're talking with Aaron and Jenna. Uh, Aaron is one of our New City Deacons, and Jenna serves on our Mercy Ministry Partners team. So we'll get into a little bit more about what all that means as we go along today. But um, Aaron and Jenna, can you take a minute, just maybe introduce yourselves, tell folks what keeps you busy from nine to five, so to speak, um, how long you've been at New City, where you live, etc. Sure. I'm Jenna Everson. I've been going to New City for almost six years now. I live here in Norwood, and um, I don't know that I would say it's from nine to five, kind of from question mark to question mark. I am a social worker, and so that keeps me busy, um, even in this time, um, meeting with expectant mothers and adoptive families and hospital staff, doing hospital social work, and also um, teaching at a local community college uh, one day a week. So are all your classes online now? The yeah, I'm only teaching one class this semester, thank goodness, because it's been, it's definitely an adjustment. I have mad respect for teachers who, you know, are 40-hour-a-week teachers, because my three-hour-a-week class is a doozy uh, online. So I'm I'm thankful that we have reached exam week and we're in the home stretch. Exam, I'm, I was just having flashback to exam week. <laughs> Sorry. Not- no, it's kind of nightmarish, isn't it? Um. Yeah, so my name's Aaron Shepard. My wife, Jacknielle, and I uh, have been at New City for almost 10 years. Uh, we uh, live in Oakley and uh, do several different things at the church. Um, I'm on the, I play piano, keyboard on the worship team. And then we've both spend uh, some time in serving in New City Kids, uh, putting, in our, putting in our dues. Um, which is always fun. We we miss being uh, together with everybody, for sure, these days. But we, we still feel like we're putting in some time at New City Kids when we're doing home church. <laughs> you're not only homeschooling with Cincinnati Public Schools, but you're house churching your kids too. We're house churching our house churching our kids. It's great. It, you know, it's much easier to micromanage good behavior on the couch than it is in the pew because I don't have to worry about being subtle. With- <laughs> talking so it's uh, you know I, I don't I no longer have to maintain some kind of air of we're all perfect because <laughs> that's what we're going for here at New City yeah yeah well I'm excited to talk with you all about um the work of the deacon team at the church um, but I want to kind of take a step back and start big picture and just talk about why, as Christians, we should take this call to mercy ministries, is a term we like to use at New City. So maybe 
what does Mercy Ministries mean to you all? And then why do you think that's important um, just broadly as the people of God? I can start, which is helpful. Um, man, that's a big question. I think that mercy is at the heart of who Jesus is. Um, I That's one of the first things that drew me to Christianity, um, both my need for mercy and knowing that this is a faith that aligns with my passions and, um, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think that um, the church is called in a big way to serve our community and love our neighbors um, in ways that are really radical. And Cincinnati is a great place to live um, for um, being a Christian who cares about mercy. There are tons of opportunities here. There's tons of wonderful organizations. And so um, I'm thankful because New City has uh, really taken the opportunity to partner with some really incredible organizations. I don't know if we've talked this week about CityLink and Lydia's House and a variety of organizations that really hold nothing back in uh, caring about our neighbors. So I think as the church, it's not only our job to embrace uh, those in the congregation and neighbors um, who are struggling, but also to point them toward sustainable help. Um, I was just having a conversation last week. My area of expertise is childhood trauma and um, foster and adoption care. And um, I was just sharing with someone in the church that I don't think that most people are called to foster or adopt. I, by no means would I say that um, this is something that every person or every Christian should do, but I do think that there's a call in scripture that we should all ask God, what is our calling for the quote unquote orphan, which I would just say at this point is that someone who's struggling in their family or their parenting and, and is not being parented maybe as they should. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that like that call to be present for the vulnerable, um, is a call for every believer. And I think the mercy ministry, um, kind of embodies that idea on behalf of the church and presents a way for the congregation to serve and be present. Um, for the vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's well said, Jenna, because it, it flows out of the like the direct commands that, that Jesus gives and that we see in the Bible to care for the, the orphan, the widow, the poor, the sick. Um, but I also love how at New City, we, we talk a lot about the idea of shalom and, and seeking the welfare of the city that we've been you know, sent, essentially. And so that idea of how do we how do we seek how do we seek broader welfare and bring about shalom as best as we can, and I think the one of the many reasons to do that not just because it's it's kind of restorative but also because it makes um, it makes the church and it makes the gospel beautiful for people right it's hard to I would imagine it's hard to look into a an organization and, and, and want to hear what that organization has to say if it's completely ignoring the real felt needs of the community around you. And so there's something about mercy ministry that makes uh, the gospel attractive to people. And I think that's, that's a critical reason why, not just because we're commanded to, but because it's really about, about drawing people into, into the church and into the, the kingdom. Well, and I love that Christianity doesn't ask us to ignore or minimize those needs or to mm -hmm. withdraw from them, but instead yeah. we have the example of our Lord 
as he came into our broken world, were then called to go into the areas of our world that are so deeply broken by sin um, and to be agents of redemption and restoration. That is a, that's a call for all believers. <laughs> but then I think it's our mercy ministry deacon team. There's this opportunity to go into very particular spots of our city, of our communities that are very much feeling these effects of sin um, and to help come alongside and form relationships and partner and be those do partnership um, as we seek the healing and flourishing, like you were saying, Aaron. Yeah. I think too, like, um, you know, talking about the heart of Jesus and um, his uh, leadership in a sense, I guess, in mercy ministry, he also like shows no reservation toward who he engages with, you know, we talk a ton about they were truly the least of these at that time, but he does show boundaries. And I think that that's something that um, it's really hard as individuals. Like if we were all just individually doing mercy, it'd be really hard to maintain boundaries. But as a team who's holding one another accountable, there's oversight and, and before acting like in a more formal act of mercy, whether that's giving money or, um, you know, creating a longer term plan with someone who's vulnerable, we can consult with one another and each other's wisdom to make sure that, hey, we are maintaining boundaries as Jesus did in his wisdom, while also not holding back in our love toward this person um, or shying away. Well, that's a great leeway into talking about maybe the nitty gritty of how the deacon ministry is run and formed at New City. Um, So Aaron, would you maybe want to talk about big picture um, with the office of deacon and the maybe touch on a little bit about the election training. And then maybe Jenna and I can tag team talking about mercy ministry partners. Sure. But, um, I, will, I will be glad to hold forth on church polity and then receive swift correction from, from Josh or whoever else may be listening. Well, you have to know that I have the page on the deacons from the book of church order printed down. Good. You can spot check me while I go through it. Um, I actually think it's, it's, it's really the story of how we get to deacons, even in the Bible, I think is, is kind of an important starting point, right? If you, if you go back to the early church in Acts, where um, essentially the disciples, the elders of the, of the church are, are doing everything, right? They're caring for the needs of the people spiritually. They're preaching the word. They're, um, they're kind of doing it all. And there's a breakdown a bit in the call it mercy ministry of the early church. And the, the, the equivalent of the elders, the elders step back and say, you know, we, you know, we shouldn't be doing all of this because there's something critically important about the prayer, the prayer life that we need to have for the church, the, the ministry of the word. And so we're going to focus on that, not do that exclusively, but we're going to focus on that. And we're going to appoint people to serve the widows of our, of our congregation to kind of administer the, the mercy ministry um, and do it in a way that's efficient and effective uh, and thoughtful. And so that's where we get this idea of, you know, deacons, that, that there are people who are, who are called to oversee um, the mercy ministry, the mercy efforts of the church. So then in our, you know, denomination, we have a, a board of deacons. Uh, and, and a new city that are men who are you know, nominated by the congregation and then kind of go through um, if they, you know, they enter into a, a year of leadership training 
which has um, kind of some, some broad components, and but is really a lot about making sure we all kind of understand um, at a broad basis and kind of called a macro basis and a micro basis. You know, what is it we believe? What is it that we um, uh, care about? What is our concern? Uh, and then also, are, is this the call, uh, you know, for us? Is this the ministry that we're called to? And, and that ends with kind of um, review by the session, by the elders of our church and kind of a confirmation that, yes, we think that, you know, this is a, a position that you are called to. Uh, and then finally, the, you know, the members of, of New City uh, kind of vote to install, you know, the, uh, a, a class of deacons, kind of like four or five people at a time, usually uh, onto the deacon board. Uh, and that's, so that's how we get to deacons. And, and like we say, we're, we're charged really with care of the building, care of the facilities, uh, care of the physical, spiritual needs of the church body, and then also the oversight of the kind of mercy ministry that the church does. And then we're, we're fortunate to have Pastor Zhang, uh, Pastor Ryan, uh, work very closely with us as the, as the church's pastor for, you know, neighborhood ministry. Uh, and he really provides a lot of great leadership and insight uh, and a lot of uh, work that that um, really dovetails nicely with what the deacons do and are and are called to do. That's awesome, Aaron. Um, and just for anyone who's curious, it's in Acts six, the opening verses of that chapter, where that Aaron was talking about um, about the Grecian Jews versus um, the Aramaic Jews and the distribution of food. It's a really neat account, I think, to see how the Lord uses different people with different skills um, to build his kingdom. And I think that's part of what's neat about this division of responsibility in our church community. Um, so also in the book of church order, we'll geek out for a minute. Um, in the section about the deacons, there's a clause where um, it's permitted that the elders of the church form a committee to assist the deacons. So we call them our mercy ministry partners. So these are men and women who are members of our church um, that might not, they don't have the full responsibilities of the deacons, but they're brought in to join in tangent with the team and offer um, their skill set, um, their wisdom in situations. And so Jenna um, has the opportunity or is very gracious to serve on that committee um, to work alongside the deacons. So Jenna, would you want to talk a little bit about what you've done, your work um, with the deacon team as a mercy ministry partner? Sure. I do think it's an opportunity, by the way. I think that that is an appropriate term because it really is cool to get to, like I said, like I love, I love mercy uh, ministry. I love social justice and how sweet that my church uh, embraces uh, that. So um I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that coming alongside the diaconate is a good way to put it. Um, just as they have needs that would be aided by, um, whether it's a woman, someone with a social work expertise there, um, the other women and a couple men who have been on the team, uh, a lot of us have served, uh, kind of in that social services capacity or are really familiar with Norwood, the neighborhood new city is in. And so, um, we're able to uh, foster some connections and uh, offer some um, vocational wisdom about how most appropriately to serve uh, someone who's coming to us. Um, one thing that has been humbling and, and helpful for me to be reminded of is that um, it's okay. Like I, I want to keep my social work hat at least partially on when I'm doing this job, but it's okay to take it off a little bit. Like I don't have to follow the 
Council of Social Work of Ohio rules uh, when I am aiding my neighbors. And it's okay uh, to share my phone number and to get to know someone. Um, but a lot of what um, I'm asked to do or the other emergency ministry partners are asked to do is especially when there's a female uh, who is in need of support, obviously we want to have appropriate boundaries and also make sure that she feels safe and comfortable and uh, all the deacons are guys. And so if um, it is most appropriate to have a female come alongside her in uh, meeting her needs, then that's a big role of the Mercy Ministry. And then also offering, uh, yeah, that vocational insight, um, different organizations that are in the community, um, you know, what the most appropriate um, steps of action would be to meet some practical needs, especially when we're talking about filing for different forms of assistance. Or um, I know that a couple of the other Mercy, Mercy Ministry partners and Pastor Ryan created a really um, appropriate and insightful application for um, those who are seeking mercy assistance. And uh, it really reflects, I think, the professionalism that you would see in an outside agency while also being a little warmer and uh, coming from, you know, a, a church perspective um, of, of truly wanting to build a relationship with someone, not just meet their, their physical needs. So um, that the mercy ministry uh members who came alongside Ryan and that uh, had a social worker mindset. And um, so that's, I think, a little bit of what Mercy Ministry does. I think we we come to the diaconate on occasion just if we have ideas of things that might sharpen our ministry um, as a church, uh, might benefit those, uh, the, the chronic needs that we see coming to the church, homelessness, drug and alcohol abuse, um, utility assistance, if, if there's a resource that we become aware of in the community that could aid, uh, for the people that we're meeting with those issues, then, you know, we would, you send a quick email or something just to make the diaconate aware of those resources. Aaron, what are some ways that you have seen the deacon team kind of become more robust with the presence of the Mercy Ministry partners? Yeah, uh, I will, I will always take any platform to gush about how awesome the people who volunteer to serve with us are. It's, it's amazing. Um, like Jenna said, there's, I mean, there's admitted blind spots that, that we have um, as, a, as a diaconate that um, this, it, having other people to come alongside of us just helps, um, helps us avoid those types of issues or, or missing something. Uh, you know, like Jenna said, being able to... Um, give people more confidence in, in talking to us or seeking help, right? Not everybody wants to, wants to talk to me about uh, what their needs are or, or what kind of help they need, but they'll gladly talk to Jenna. They'll gladly talk to uh, one of these other people on this team. And so we don't, we don't want to create barriers for people to getting help or to asking for help. You know, that's, that's not what we're here to do. Uh, similarly, um, we, you know, there's nothing that, you know, when we, when you take the vow, uh, you know, when you're ordained as a deacon that suddenly makes you an expert on how to care for, how to care for people, how to appropriately help people navigate the complexities of I'm about to be evicted or my utilities are going to be shut off. Uh, you know, we, we do some, we do training, we try to continue to, to grow and learn, but it's not an overnight thing. And to bring, to have people to, consult with, right? It's just so helpful to be able to say to this group, what do you guys think? Where does this fall on the spectrum of things that you've seen, right? Is, you know, this person 
is saying, you know, this, does that make sense to you guys? And it's so helpful to get that kind of feedback. And also to hear, um, like Jenna said, you know, sometimes saying, this is what we would do in a professional environment, but here's why that might not be the right course in this case, just helps us understand sometimes even what other types of help and advice this person might be getting from other sources so that we know how to kind of complement that and, and, and help in a more kind of wholesome way. So it's been, it's been great to have additional people uh, to come along and help and support and follow up with people and, and do some of that good counseling and, and advising work as well. That's awesome. Um, so I want to talk a little bit, just we can touch on this briefly, because hopefully people have been following along our social media and have heard from Aaron and Ryan Strand already this week. <laughs> um, but just about the types of assistance um, the Deacon team provides or um, what like people to know about. So what are those, what would you want, I'd say, our congregation to know? So if you're a part of New City, what would you want um, them to know? And then what would you want someone in our community to know about the Deacon team and the assistance that we're eager and want to talk about? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, um, the thing that we've been trying to, to really make sure people, you know, there are some people for whom coming and asking for help is just such a, a, a barrier in and of itself. It's a, it's hard to, to say, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a tough spot, you know, I'm, I, I need help. And I think that's even more of a barrier for people who are inside the congregation, because we all, we already struggle with that idea of I've got, I've got to be, you know, I feel like I need to have it together. And I, and I hope that, and I think that New City as a congregation, you know, is striving toward this idea of we're not, you know, you're not supposed to be perfect. None of us is perfect. We're here to, to, to grow, to sharpen one another. And that's true both spiritually, but also, you know, physically, financially, you know, we're not supposed to pretend that we have it all together. And so the, so one thing, it's a, a very roundabout way of saying, you know, we really want people to ask for help, to, to reach out and, um, and to err on the side of asking the question, right? Um, we have, you know, like Jenna said, we have a, you know, an application, a form that, that goes to this idea, again, back in Act 6 of saying, you know, it's the, the re, one of the reasons deacons exist is to help make sure that the mercy ministry of the church is, is done in an efficient way, is done in a way that we're being good stewards, right? That's not designed to, it's not designed to weed out, you know, 90% of the requests we get. It's really designed to help us make sure that we're helping people in the right way, in the most effective way, in a way that's not hurtful at the end of the day. And so, you know, don't let any of that be a barrier to, to coming and asking for help. Uh, that's one of, that's, I, I would kind of say to, to, you know, fellow members of the church, fellow people who are really, you know, tied into New City, is we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to know how we can support you. Um, and then externally, it's really, you know, for us about taking advantage of the partnerships. And maybe, Jenna, you can speak a little bit more to that, too. Of There are so many great organizations in Cincinnati that are doing such great work. Um, that, that we really want to, we want to help people, but we also want to get them connected to these organizations too. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, even in the social work world, like a, a single agency cannot meet everyone's needs. And 
um, these people who are more vulnerable, um, they're limited in time and transportation, finances, and, and really all that stuff even limits, even if they're typically um, cognitively able, it limits your cognition because you're not thinking as clearly um, due to the crisis that they're in. And so um, we want to, I think in addition to that financial assistance, um, just being a listening ear um, for people who are struggling helping them process all their options, helping them process their budget um, in a safe space where there's no risk. Um, you know, it's not a requirement in the in a program or something like that. It's just a service to them. And um, then when we think about community partnerships, I think New City's done a great job um, by financially partnering and just um, partnering in uh, you know, offering volunteers and uh, talking from the pulpit about, um, I've mentioned earlier, like Lydia's House and, and CityLink are two amazing community resources. I will say though, like even as a social worker, I used to refer people all the time to CityLink, not realizing, oh, I this is not actually an appropriate referral. Like they're still an active addiction and you can't be an active addiction to get services from city link or, or have unstable housing. And it was another mercy ministry member, Maggie, who pointed out to me, Hey, that's actually not uh, the right referral in this situation. And so we're able to offer feedback and information and also even things that are as simple as like, Hey, I can't get anyone on the phone from the housing agency. And maybe someone else has, is like, Oh, I was able to connect with this person. Let me give you their direct line. And, um, and those are things, if you are isolated and living in poverty and already have limited minutes on your phone, you cannot have those connections and take that time and take that risk. And we can come alongside someone and say, hey, we actually know someone on a first name basis. Let us connect you with them. Um, and I think in general in the community, there are a lot of really awesome agencies. There are also agencies that are struggling a little bit. And so we can help guide someone and, hey, we have maybe not as great of a experience with this agency. Um, but how about I offer, you know, another option and, um, and, uh, maybe even make that connection for you. And there's also value to like uh, accountability when people are living in poverty, poverty is, um, it's like a chronic illness. It feels like sometimes it's, it is hard to be, it is defeating, it's exhausting. And so, and almost everyone, I'm guessing that we, encounter they're either experiencing momentary poverty poverty or um cyclical long-term poverty and so um we can help encourage them and also hold them accountable like and that, that's one thing that i think that the diaconate has really grown in um that i think mercy ministry um is supportive in as well is um not making the call for that person but giving them the phone number and sitting next to them and making the call together so to say um and being more of a partner and an encourager and an admonisher than an enabler. And um, that's something that I think that New City does pretty well. That's awesome. And I would just piggyback off of what Aaron was saying more talking to our congregation is that it's, I think it's easy to believe the, well, because there's some truth to it. There's always someone in a worse spot than I am. And that can also be a barrier to reaching out for help. And I would just say that, I mean, especially these days that we're in are filled with so many unknowns and financial strains, um, emotional strains, and there's no harm in like, like Aaron was saying, err on the side of asking and starting that conversation. Um, and don't feel like I, ca I can't do this because there's someone else who I know needs it more, you know, that like we want to begin that conversation with you, um, is what I'd say. 
I want to share, I mean, I've reached out to the diaconate twice for assistance. Um, neither time I actually ended up needing assistance. Um, but I was in a time of crisis. I, one time I'd lost my job. Another time, um, I, my car broke down and my AC broke down on the same day and I just bought a house. And, um, in both situations, I was like, today I'm able to eat, but tomorrow I'm not really sure. And, um, I, God provided in kind of miraculous ways in both situations. But I think that part of that was knowing the diaconate is praying for me and that the diaconate, like I had, um, access and an open line of communication then where they were like, all right, let's touch base as soon as you're at the next step. When, when another unexpected expense comes up and you're not able to make it or something like that. And people checking in on me and caring about me. And so, um, I felt, unashamed both times. Um, it was hard and I needed a friend both times to push me to have that conversation. But, um, you know, as a single woman and, um, and a social worker, not making the big bucks, like, uh, I felt comfortable and had no shame. It it felt like asking, um, almost like a family member, Hey, I'm struggling right now. Can you come alongside me? Um, and Hey, if, if God provides in a different mechanism, that's great too. But at the very least, you know that you're not alone in that moment of struggle and that someone is, is listening and praying for you. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing, Jenna. And that we, we really want that to be the case for people when they come. I mean, the other thing too, is that hopefully, hopefully as evidenced by the fact that that story is news for a lot of people, Jenna, you know, the requests we get and the help we give are not things that we're like, you know, in the, in the newsletter, right. It's a, it's something that's confidential that the, that the deacons are are working with you specifically on. So it's, um, you know, and, and we ultimately, we ultimately want to, and I keep going back to Acts, it's, it's just such, it's a good book for, for deacons, I think, right? There's just this, this yep. lavish love that the church is showing to each other in Acts of just this idea of caring for one another, eliminating the needs that they have and the kind of fire that that lights underneath the, uh, the underneath the early church is just, you know, it's exciting and we want to, we want to live that out. I mean, we already, we want to cultivate a reputation externally for being a church that's willing to help people. Um, and in some ways, I think we we do have a bit of that reputation and that will get people who call us or who refer people to us to say, we know that you help people. We know that you've helped somebody like this and that's what we want. Um, and we want that even more so among our members for people to feel like I am loved and cared for here, not just in, in worship and in word, but in, you know, in my life, as we do life together, we say, and we want that to be true for people. And I think too, it goes back to like, we are the family of God. And so in the way that, you know, even if I were in a moment where I just didn't know what was next, kind of what you're saying, Jeanette, I have today covered. I don't know about tomorrow. Like I would pick up and call my parents and be like, I don't know what's going on, just an FYI. And like kind of cultivating, that doesn't mean you have to tell the deacons everything by any means. That's not the goal. Right. <laughs> but cultivating that environment where we're not ashamed um, if we're in need. And that's not seen as a personal failure, but we're ready to share um, our needs and then share with one another what we have. The the other plug that I will give, I don't I don't have a book to plug or anything like that or or competing podcast. So instead I will... I will just plug the idea that if you are, if, if you're like, I, I really wish I could get more involved in mercy ministry at the church, then that's another great reason to reach out to the deacons or to reach out to Jenna 
or some of these other folks who are on our mercy ministry team. And just, just to say, and, and so many people have already through some of the uh, ways that we've collected, you know, people who are, are volunteering to help as part of um, our current response to people's needs. But even longer term, if you think, I, I feel like I've got some great ideas on things that we could be doing. Um, we do not have a monopoly on great ideas for mercy ministry. So please reach out. Uh, and and let us know what you're thinking or what kind of things you'd be interesting and in, interested in doing. Right, we we have a lot that we need to do and a lot that we'd love to do, and so we want to hear from from you guys as well. I echo that. I agree. Always looking for people with different resources and ideas and expertise. So it's great. Well, thank you both for joining us um, today on the weekend edition of Marginalia. I appreciate that. Get the we got the A list host though. We didn't get the weekend edition host. So true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, like all links to kind of everything we talked about can be found on our website at newcitycincy.org forward slash social, or you can visit our Facebook page or Instagram account, New City Cincy, um, and you'll find like lots of information about our Deacon team that we've been sharing this week. So thanks all. Um, stay safe. And looking forward to when we could do an interview like this in person. Maybe we'll have to do part two once our stay at home order is lifted. That would Perfect. be. Perfect. Talk yes, to you. Thank you for hosting. See you later. Thanks, Abby. <laughs>